So the big question is this, are you tired of the hustle and grind of fix and flip? Do you really think you can wholesale your way to success? What you really want is a cash flowing portfolio that lets you live a life of freedom, sunsets and palm trees on your terms. But what if you're stuck because you have no capital, no time and no idea where to start? That ends now. Your host, Corey Peterson, is a rags to riches real estate millionaire who started out with no money or credit and quickly grew a portfolio of cash flowing apartments. Not to mention, he did it all with other people's money. You're only one deal away from creating the cash flow life and the multifamily legacy podcast will show you how. So now here's your host, the big kahuna, Corey Peterson. Hey everybody, welcome to the Multifamily Legacy Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Peterson, and I am thankful and blessed that you're here listening to this episode. You are in for a treat because today and for the next two weeks, I'm doing a little two-part series on something totally not on real estate, totally not on real estate, but it's something you will absolutely want to pay attention to because this next two episodes are focused on the family. It's not about the money. It really is not. And uh, from the bottom of my heart, I want to share, uh, today I'm going to talk a lot about what's what I think it means to be focused on the family. And then on our next episode, I'm going to bring my wife in, and me and her are going to talk about the things we've done as a couple, and some of the things we've, we've been married for now for 18 years, and we still love each other. We still hold each other's hands. We still have a great relationship. Um, and, you know, it's awesome. And we want to share with you some of our tips and tricks and things that we've done. So really, if, if you guys want to get energized and inspired, please do not leave. Like, listen to this this these two podcasts. I think by by everything we've done so far, like I, I love teaching about real estate, but I'm passionate about these these two episodes because I believe at the core it's my why, and hopefully it resonates with you of of, of what your why is or at least how we can shape our lives because I believe that we got in this business for two things: time and money. And see, a lot of people have a lot of time, but they have no money. And there's a lot of people that have a lot of money, but they have no time. And the problem is, is the pursuit of money. Um, and sometimes we forget all the things that are truly important. And most people will say it's their family. I'm doing it for my family. But sometimes we're not living. And I will say not sometimes. Most of the time, we are not living the life that we should and it's a choice. I'm going to tell you right now, it's an absolute choice. Okay? So get ready because Kansas today is going to go bye-bye. We're going to talk about some good stuff. Um, before I do, before I do, I want to quickly just plug some things that are going on in our world that I really think you should you should pay attention to. Number one, our Kahuna boardroom is in October. It's coming. Um, we still have the early bird special for five grand. So if you want to be a part of that, if you want to level up, it, there's no other, there's no better place because you will get me. You'll have my cell phone. We'll be able to communicate my, through my team. Like you have access, and I will guide and mentor you. 
as best I can. Um, and I, I think we have a lot of great students that have been successful out of it, and it's a great place. So to apply for that, because we're only accepting 60 people, I think right now we're at 20 so far. So we already got like 20 people signed up, and we still got, um, it's not till October. So like we're only selling 60 seats. So get get to going. Um, but you're going to go to kahunaboardroom.com to apply. And then for everybody else, if you are still kind of new and you're like trying to figure out um, real estate, but you want to get like access to all our stuff that we've ever created for online, and we don't we have limited support on that, but it's $97 a month. Go to kahunahq.com and like sign up for that. You'll get all our stuff. It is a lot of information. It's almost like 48 hours of content and we've put it in very segmented pieces so you can it's easy to go through it's easy to learn step by step um, and it's not a lot of fluff it's not a lot of um, me at a seminar it's really very specifically made instructions so i think you'll like it okay with with that said i i really want to to preference these next two episodes because i i truly believe most of us are failing here. And and when I say most of us, I'm including me. I've failed at this. I've gotten a lot better. But there there are times when I've truly failed on focusing on family. Um, and I put the pursuit of money, the pursuit of um, trying to be a big deal, right? Um, in my ego, things like that. I've put it all put it all in uh, in front. And made those things you know, my number one. And yet I would tell everybody that my family's number one. Well, that's bull crap. There's a bunch of bull crap. And I just want to, I want to talk to those people that are right now that are that feel like they're on a hamster wheel and they're struggling each and every month. And they're just they're I've been there. Even if you're successful, I know some of the people that are super wildly successful that hate. They're tied to their phone. They're tied to their business. They're tied to their clients. They don't know how to say no. And they don't need to know how to say yes to the right things. And those right things, just so we're clear, and, and I'm, I'm assuming most of my listeners are married. Now, for the ones that are not, I am sorry. This is probably not exactly for you. But listen anyways, because you're going to get some good nuggets. Because I believe that it's it's about family. And listen, I know that there's a lot of broken families out there. And, and I come from a divorced family. Um, but it doesn't matter where you're at. You can still do simple things and play full out. Full out, but full out with your your loved ones. The people that mean the most to you. And the, and the reason that most of us say that we're doing this business. I'm doing it for my kids. But the truth is, a lot of times we're not. Because if we were doing it for our kids, we would sure as hell build a business that allowed our kids to have our time. See, kids don't care about money. They don't. I I grew up poor, (laughs) poor uh, blue-collar family. I never knew I was poor. But I had a great family. I grew up thinking I was rich. Because I had my parents, I had love, I had food, and I had freedom. And I look at that life that I grew up with. I grew up on a farm at 180 acres, and I had, um, really, when you live out that that much space, 
you have a lot of freedom, a lot more freedom than I think we have in, uh, you know, these metro areas. I live in Phoenix. And that my kids, like my kids will never understand that pers- part of it. But but we grew up with a lot of a lot of freedom and time. And, and like family was the core of what we did. And when you're out living in the country, you, you don't have a lot of distractions. And I think that's what happens is, you know, we have, and especially in today's world, we have our cell phones, you have iTunes, Facebook, Insta, all these things that are trying to steal not only our time, but our kids' time as well. And how do you stop all that and start focusing on your family? How do you give your family time? And because believe it or not, I'm telling you, this is a fact of the matter. What you do is more important than what you say. That's just a fact, right? People, your kids do not care what you say. They are only interested in what you do, and what you do means everything. So don't waste that opportunity. Your kids are watching, and what they see will actually shape them. You are shaping them right now as you go on through your day. They're learning, they're watching, they're taking notes. And, you know, a lot of your kids will end up being just like you. It's like that song, Cats in the Cradle, you know? My boy turned out just like me, right? And so, and I'm a product of my dad. My dad, I, man, people, if you knew my dad, if you know my dad, you will say, Corey, you're a lot like your dad. And then that's the truth, man. I am. I'm a lot like him. Now I'm different, but I'm a lot like him. And some of the things that my dad did right are the key things that I have indoctrinated into my family. So I want to go over some of those things and just so you can you understand some of our principles, at least principles that we we have lived by. And Shelly will confirm this a little bit more, but you know, having family identity, family identity, it is so important. Your family identity has to be powerful. Because what's coming at what are coming at your kids, right? I mean, you've got high school, you know, name it any school, peer pressure, you know, and your family identity has to be stronger than all those external forces that are constantly attacking your family, right? And so one of the things we've, we established at the very, when we first had kids, like we knew who we were going, and Shelly got this actually from Joyce Myers, you know, talking about you know, having family, your your family name, your family crest or some, you know, it has to mean, you have to have some traditions in your family. And I'll ask you a question. What are your family traditions? What are you doing that says, hey, we're Petersons, we do this, right? We're the Joneses. Here's what the Joneses do. And you start incorporating those things in your daily talks, right? So one of the things that we did early on is we were we decided, me, Shelly, and I, that we were going to eat as a family at the kitchen. Now, you know, that's not simple, especially when your kids, especially now that my kids are 14 and 15 or 14, 15 and 16, right? That's really challenging right now. But in the beginning, but our, our kids are changing. We're at a different point in time. But listen, from, you know, from the day they were born to just recently, we pretty much have eaten dinner as a family at our kitchen table, 
kitchen table. Why at the kitchen table? Why not in front of the TV? The TV, when we eat family dinner, TV's turned off. There's only communication at our table. And so one of the things we've learned early on as our kids started getting growing up and, and, and asking them, what are their roses and what are their thorns? What are their roses and what are their thorns? Because um, if you ask them, how was your day? How was your day at school today? It was good, right? Or they, like they mumble something, you don't even know what it says. Uh, <laughs> right? Well, that's not what you want. You don't want yes, no answers or good or it was good. So, you know, what was your rose today? What was the best thing that happened to you today? Well, and then your kids will open up. They'll actually communicate with you. I, I really think they enjoy this. And they'll, they'll ask us the same thing. What was your rose? And it could be like, hey, you know, today, my rose today was that I um, was able to talk to an investor and she was so thankful that um, we're able to, you know, give her a solid return during COVID. And, you know, that, that you know, she wasn't as worried as if she would have had their money in the stock market. Well, that's a rose, you know. And then the other one is, what is your thorn? What is your thorn? And this is, you know, what, what did you hate about your day? What was not fun about it? Or what was that one person, right? And, and so it, it really just, all it does is it leads to communication, to having a dialogue. Because most of us, and, and I do a poor job of it sometimes, is communicating with your kids. Like, you've got to have communication. It doesn't mean that you're, you're, they're your, your best friend. Like, my kids are not my best friend. I'm their dad, right? I have a responsibility as their dad. I'm not their best friend, it's still a dictatorship in my house. I have rules. You gotta live. If you want to live here, you gotta live by the rules. But I'm a gentle dad, a gentle dictator, I guess. Is that I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, and I'm a, I believe I'm a, a loving dictator. <laughs> I love my kids. I love my family. I want to hear about their days, but I do have rules, and you have to follow them. And so uh, early on, that so that leads me to my, my having rules. Having boundaries, you have got to mean what you say. Kids understand this. Oh, my gosh. Kids are good. Babies are the best at it. You, you, you like, like, There was a time when Shelly, and Shelly, I can't wait to get her on. She would have been on right now, but she's out shopping with my daughter. But there was a time when, our, when we had our first kid, right? You, said, you know, your first baby, you're like, oh, my gosh. You know, and you hear everything. And there was a time where it was time for little Faith, little baby Faith, to fall asleep on her own and to go the whole night, right? And it was like during this time, I knew, we both knew it was time. Because Shelly, as a mom, would be like, honey, she's crying. She's crying, honey. Honey. You know, and I was like. Because we made a like commitment, like, no, this is how it's going to be. Like, we've got to let she's got to learn how to cry to herself to sleep. And I'm like, do not answer that, open that door, Shelly. Do not open that door. And thankfully, Shelly listened, right? And we didn't open the door. And, you know, she, Faith cried for just a little bit. And then she fell asleep. And when she fell asleep, finally, Shelly was able to get some much needed rest that she desperately needed. And she woke up feeling alive and fresh. And she was so, she felt just renewed. She's like, I needed that. And we knew right, and, and from that moment on, Faith went to sleep all by herself every other night. That was just how we were gonna do it. 
And we got so good at this that, like, we would go to a friend's house, right? <laughs> and, uh, you know, our, our, our kids were in our uh, baby carriers at all times, right? And um, we like, hey, uh, we're going to go to a friend's house. And, hey, do you, do you have a bedroom? <laughs> They're like, well, um, no. You don't have an extra bedroom. I'm like, well, do you have a closet? Our, our kids are ready. Our daughter's ready to go down. And we bring our pack and play. We're like, hey, listen, if you got a closet, we can put our daughter in the pack and play. She'll go right to sleep. And they're like, what? <laughs> now, don't judge me, damn it. This is the way we did it. But our kids were so trained that when it was quiet and dark, they went to sleep. And they didn't even care if it was in a pack and play and in the middle of a closet. Because it was quiet and it was dark, and that was their cue to go to sleep. And they did. And so we had rules. We followed our rules. Um, and as your kids grow up, like breaking your word, when you, when no has to mean no. Okay, I can like tell you that. Like you can believe me or choose not to believe me, but I'm just telling you, no has to mean no. And sometimes, you can have, like, on a two-parent system, Shelly's no always sometimes was doesn't mean no, right? She's kind of 50-50. But you have to have someone where the buck stops. And for me and my family, that was always with me. And I had to be the bad cop. And they, and they knew that dad's word, when dad said no, it truly meant no. With mom, they might be able to bend the rules a little bit, right? But with dad, it was absolutely no. And the reason we kind of did it that way, because at the end of the day, you know, moms are motherly, man. And that's an important bond. And, and like, I think your kids, moms just have a way of, of they can love so much more. I, I don't know if it's love much more, but they just love differently. And I think that's a bond that's really important. And I never wanted my wife to be the disciplinary. I wanted to be the nurture, the nurture at all times, always nurture. And then dad had to be the disciplinary. Now, it sucks to always have to be the disciplinary. But it was a role that I was willing to bear because I felt like it truly mattered. And as I've seen my kids grow up, I truly believe that it has mattered. It has made a difference because our kids are pretty dang good kids. You know, they're not without fault. But, I mean, they make good grades. They, they study hard. And they have we have identity. So the next thing that we did... Right, I'm just kind of giving you a little bit of our story, is that we started having um, big family dinners with our extended family, like my wife's sister and uh, her mom, every Sunday. So we had to have Sunday family dinner. And honestly, these were the best, right? And we did it probably for almost seven years strong until we moved here to Arizona. And we still have, and her sister moved moved here first, so her sister still comes over. Not so much now; it's like once a month. What used to be for the beginning of our when our young kids were young, it was every Sunday night. Every Sunday night, we had family dinner, family dinner with everybody. And what goes on on those family dinners? Now, someone has to cook, and now Shelly loves to cook. You may not love to cook. I would say try to find a way to cook. I don't know how to cook, but I sure can get on Google. And now I have an award-winning chili recipe that I get to cook. Dad doesn't have two. Dad does like two things really well: steaks and my chili. But if 
if I didn't, if Shelly didn't like to cook, I'd probably take it on and like learn. By the time I would get it all done, I would I'd have at least five or six recipes that I knew how to cook. And like, don't say to yourself, "Oh, I just don't cook, dude." In today's world, you can learn to do anything. If you want to learn how to make a stellar, a great recipe, just find the recipe and follow directions. It's not hard. And then, but how more important is it to have a family dinner? Even if it's just once a week, if you don't do it daily at the family kitchen table, but you do it at least every Sunday, that's a tradition that will stay in your family. That, that's a tradition. We have family dinner. We break bread. That's important, right? I truly believe this is important. <clears throat> so your kids are always watching. And so one of the things we did at the family, at the kitchen table that I believe is really important is we've talked about everything. Our kids have watched me succeed, but they've also watched me fail. They have watched me. They've seen me cry. They've seen me struggle. Right. And I, I think we've just, we've lived our entrepreneurship life in front of our kids and they've seen some of the highs. They've seen some of the lows, but they've now, you know, now we're ultimately super successful. And so they understand that and they understand what dad had to go through, what dad and mom had to go through. And we've always taught entrepreneurship from our kids early on. Now, I don't know what my kids are going to do. Hopefully they'll want to run my company. If they don't, that's fine too. I think they will. But my, my goal always was like, kids, go find your passion. And when you find that passion, go at it with relentless pursuit and hopefully when you get there, the bank of dad will always be able to fund your vision or at least help participate or help guide you or mentor you or whatever your true passion is. That's, that's, that's what I've always wanted to do is just to be there and say, dad will support your business plan. But you got to bring me a business plan. You just can't have some willy-nilly. And they understand what that means because they've seen me work in front of them. I didn't just walk the walk or talk the talk. I walked it as well. And they saw me doing that because what you do is far more important than what you say. It's just a fact. Okay. So teaching your kids your successes and your failures, allowing them to see your failures. Guys, that's another problem that we have in a society is that we don't want anybody to see our weakness. But I think it when you're your, your weakest point, that's where it's so empowering to share, to share that pain, to let them see it, that it's real. Because the other part of that is success. Success is when you get back and you get to the top and you can look at those points and times that were tough and hard. And I promise you those memories are the best. Being able to overcome those heartaches and, and missteps and all those things are what makes success taste so sweet. That's the point. And your kids, now my kids live a totally different life than I ever did. They have everything, but I've made them work for everything. I say that. Some people may say maybe they've not worked so hard, but they understand because they've lived it with me. They've seen dad work and do it. I think that's empower. That's very empowering. My kids have strong minds. 
They understand that they can do anything that they put their mind to, but they know that they have to put their mind to it. Guys, you have to put your mind to it. You have to put your mind to it that you are going to put your family first. You are not going to let your business dictate how much time you get to spend with your kids. That's bullcrap. Okay? Let me give you a better idea. Then this is something I recently did within the last three years. And it was hard. I've always carved out some time for my family. But there was times where I screwed up royally. There was times where my son's like, Dad, you're going to be at my, my, my soccer game? And I say, yeah. And then I show up at the very end and he comes off the field crying. He said, Dad, you promised. So I have a badge of shame. And I never want to feel that way again. I, I, I knew right there in that moment that I would never feel that way again, that I would always put my family first. And what I've learned is this. When you're looking at your business, especially as an entrepreneur, okay, and I'm speaking to entrepreneurs here, but you may be in a practice, a doctor, dentist, lawyer, or you could just be having a, a normal J-O-B. Man, don't forget to put your time first, okay? And what I mean by that is, especially if you're an entrepreneur, you can control your time. You really can. And we all have the same amount. We have 24 hours in a day. What you, what you do with those 24 hours really is important. And so what I've learned to do is I take my family time first and I put that in my calendar. I put my vacations. I put their soccer schedules. I put their football schedules, their games, their, you know, anything to do with my kids and the things that I, that are most important to me, I book them in my calendar. And with today's technology, it's a lot easier to do. Most of the schools that they give your calendars way in advance, and you can you can really do this very easily, easily. So that's my my kids and and that stuff come first. Now, second is my time, my personal time, time that I need just for Corey Peterson, and I time block that. Meaning, nothing can happen when I have my own personal time, unless I choose it. But so for me, I, I don't start work till 10.30. From 9 to 10.30, I have an hour and a half blocked off Monday through Friday for Corey Peterson. That is Corey Peterson time. And we've I've actually increased that because now I wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning, and I'm starting to go to the gym, I go to F45 at 6 o'clock. I get my 45-minute workout in. And then I'm home by 7. So I got really from 7 o'clock to 10.30 to do whatever I want to do. I usually go on a walk with my wife. We have great chats. Sometimes we go on a three-mile walk. Sometimes we go on a five-mile walk. But we almost always go on a walk. And sometimes on those walks, we're usually talking about business and the kids. And we unravel. And sometimes you just some, you come up with ideas. You're like, oh, that's a great idea. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write that down when I, and, and put it on my task when I get into the office. And so that then, like, that's why I'm having this podcast because we thought about it on our walk. And I was like, this is great. I want, because I'm always thinking about, like, what do I talk about on my podcast? And I got tired of talking about real estate for a minute. I want to talk about something that I'm way more passionate about, which is living and not being a zombie. And like waking up from the dead saying, today I'm going to do something that's important. And it's not freaking work. I get 
See, I'm already getting worked up on this. <laughs> I got to calm down because I get, I just, because I know that so many people are doing it wrong. And I know what that feels like. I understand that pain because it crushed me, man. It absolutely crushed me when my son said, Dad, you promised. And I hope you never have to feel it. You never have to feel that pain of failing your kids. Because that's what I did. I put the pursuit of money and fame and fortune all in front for a minute. And I deeply regret it. So your kids are watching. What you do is more important than what you say. Lay your business plan first, right? Your, 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 your family plan, then schedule your time. And then what comes up next, your business has to lay over on top of that and it has to fit in the cracks. That time available in between those, that's when you gotta work and you gotta do efficient work. It's gotta fit in the cracks. I end my day at five o'clock, okay? I have a time block from five to like eight just because I know that's when my kids usually have practice and stuff. And like I'm, I, I used to work till eight, nine, 10, right, o'clock. That's bad. Am I spending any time with my kids? No. So what I've learned to do is I just got to get more freaking efficient when I'm working. Because face it, most of us are working very inefficiently. We just are. And so you just got to get out of that crap. You got to get in the habit of like I'm and task, task management, Asana, Asana.com. Like that's a great task management software that you can put in tasks to help you run your day. So you know it's like your checklist, getting stuff done. Doesn't it feel good to get stuff off your checklist? I find that when I go work out in the morning, I go on my walks, I prepare my mind, I'm so more efficient than if I don't. That's important, guys. And that allows me to be a better full-time dad, right? So your business has to fit in the cracks. The other part that I want to talk about, I can't remember if we did this on a podcast or not, but man, having a family song, my mom did something. Now, I have two moms, okay? I have the benefit. I, I really have, I'm blessed to have not just one mom, but two moms. One gave me birth and one pretty much raised me, okay? The one that raised me, you know, I'd be her stepson, I guess. I've never felt that way. I've always felt like I'm her son. And, um, and I feel like I'm a son to the one that gave birth, my, my, my biological mom, right? Like, it's a little bit complicated to talk about how I got here, but but they both love me, and I both I feel both their love. And but my stepmom did something that I that I think was just profound, and she created a family fight song, and I know it, and all the Petersons that I know know it as well, and our my my kids know it. So we have a Peterson fight song, and um, I'm gonna make you wait till tomorrow to hear it. I know that's such a bad tease. I want to do it, but I, like I gotta have I gotta have my partner in crime, Shelly. So on our next episode, I'm gonna make sure that I give you the Peterson fight song. But having a family, it's like having a family fight song means like, hey, like, do you have a family fight song? Well, if you don't, and I do, ha ha, we got you right because we have a family fight song. And how cool is that? And I know it. My kids know it. 
And it has power. I know it does. I know it does. And what it allowed us to do is when we're at the kitchen table, when we talk about what Petersons stand for, right? Petersons don't do drugs. Petersons are honest. Petersons are loving. Petersons are giving, like I've showed my kids how to give. Sometimes when we when we donate money, we tell them, hey, kids, we're going to give this money away. Here's what we're doing with it. And we don't want anybody to know. We're going to give it anonymously. And they understand what's going on, right? I've taught my kids, like, because my kids, you know, they're privileged, okay? I get it. My kids are, my, they're privileged. But I got to still teach them the value of money and what it means, and so I'll give you an example of this sometimes, right? So we live in a neighborhood. We live in a, a normal neighborhood, right? I don't live in a Taj Mahal house. I don't have a million-dollar home. I, I've lived in this home for like 12, 13 years now. We love our neighbors. We out-earn our, our neighborhood, okay? I don't know how else to better to say that. I'm not trying to brag. I'm just saying that it is what it is, okay? Our lives are, are way different than a lot of my neighbors, and I love my neighbors. Like, we've been neighboring with them for 12 years. And these are great people. And even, like, with, you know, friends. So, like, I'll give you an example. When we go out on a vacation with our neighbors, because like, we, we go on a lot of vacations with them, my kids know that it's different if we go just on a Peterson vacation versus when we're out with other people. And here's what that means. is because... When we go out with other people, my kids know not to come up and say, "Hey, Dad, uh, can we go? Can we, can we all can we all go to the movies? Can we all can we go scuba diving tomorrow? Can we go? You know, things that cost money, especially when you're with other family members and other people, um, because we're at different income level and we just live a different lifestyle. And they've I've taught them the reason why we like when that ha- they can't do that they know when they're when we're out with other people that they can't do that they can do it to me in private and say hey dad listen can um do you think we could do this but they won't do it cuz a lot of times when kids ask they like to ask in front of the parents hey can we go do this and what i've found is sometimes when you're in a in a larger group what will happen is what if one family member they can't afford that what do we just do? We just obligated that family to either participate and they may not have the funds necessary to do it. And what are they? And they're not going to say no, or maybe they do say no. And then they, they, they feel even worse. How do we just make that family feel? That's, and that's some real stuff there, kids. That's some real stuff. And my, I've had to teach my kids this lesson is that, we just can't ask, right? Like they can do it in private one-on-one. And sometimes when it's like something, you know, like even with my my brother, right? My brother's got like seven kids. And or it, what used to be at nine, like kids couple out of the house. Thank God. <laughs> There's time when we're like, hey, let's go to the movies. And going to the movies was going to be like a $200 event for my brother. And who am I to like, he's like, yeah, no, nah, we, you know, like, uh, can we just go watch a movie at the house? Kind of thing, you know, like, you know what I'm saying? And I, and I just, I remember when I was a kid, I never got to go to like, going to, to McDonald's. We never ordered. Man, we went down and sat down at McDonald's and you got a hamburger and you split your small fry and you had waters to drink. I never, like, and I remember, you know, 
one time, you know, wanting a cheeseburger, like a, a Big Mac, you know, and um, felt, you know, and it was just like, it's, it's one of those things where, like, I knew if I asked for a Big Mac, you know, I was going to, it just wasn't going to happen, right? And and if I would have done it in front of my parents you know, and, if, and they couldn't afford it, like, all that stuff for, you know, we had a family of five and, like, that would have put them in a spot. And so I just, I just never asked. I, I just, I'm telling you, I've been poor. And when you don't have, when your family doesn't have money, like to be in a, put in a spot where they, it's just a horrible feeling when you can't do it. And so we've learned that lesson. My, t- my kids have learned that lesson, a lesson in humility. That's what it really is, is to say, listen, we don't want people to feel bad. And so we're just going to, you know, we don't ask, right? And if they do, they ask in private and we can figure it out. And, and sometimes, sometimes it's easier just to say, listen, I'm willing to foot the whole bills so no one feels at, you know, and when they do it that way, then a lot of times they're like, oh, yeah, we're good, we're good, we can do it. And, and if there's a family that I know that probably can, I'll be like, hey, can I, can I please just, um, would you allow me just to take care of this for you? Because I, I really would like to. And that's, what, that's uh, so it's a lesson in humility. And it's, it's trying to say, we're not all that. We'll never be that good. Right, we're just normal human beings. We have to have compassion. We have to have love. We have to be kind. And the whole goal is, I think, is teaching people that they they they, they need to see Jesus when they look at you. Hopefully, they're seeing a good reflection. And I'm I'm not a perfect human being, but my heart belongs to Jesus, it really does. And at the end of the day, I want to be able to turn my cheek. And take another punch or another whatever it is and, and bear it and put it on my back and shoulder it. I've always been that way. I've always wanted to help others with, with all with everything I can and and to bear it. Hopefully that means a lot to you. All right. So hopefully you've gotten a lot out of this this episode today. I, I don't know. Um, at the end of the day, man, I'm nothing. Everything I, I'm so I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed to have a loving wife. God God gave me such a great gift when he and when he gave me my wife. She believed in me when no one else would. Together we've done an I feel like we've done an amazing job raising our kids. We've we've taught them through doing, not through just our words, but we, we lived we lived our lives accordingly. We had to set rules. We had to say, you know, there's boundaries. We had to say the word no. Our kids understand that we've been strict, but we've not, but we've also been loving and kind and gentle. And caring. And kids need that more than ever. They need you. Our kids need us. Right? That's just a fact. Guys, if you will put your family first, I think there's no greater reward than watching your kids grow up and, and watching them succeed and fail and just being there for them and just being their rock and to watch them grow. It's been a, it's been a complete joy for me. And I can only wish that you have that same experience because there is no rule book on how to parent, right? You just got to do it from, from what you know. And hopefully I've given you some clues to see how we do it as a family. Um, hopefully you, you get something out of this. Um, for me, family is everything. And not only just family, but family and friends. I want to take care of all my families and friends the best way that I know how, and, is, and to give them experiences. I don't do this for money anymore. I do it because I, I love to give experiences. 
With that said, guys, what you believe is everything. How you conduct yourself is everything. Go out there, be a leader, be that person that people want to look up to, right? Put in your mind that you have a strong will, commit to your purpose. Guys, if you believe it, you can achieve it. And your paradise is possible.